Psalm chapter 119, if you would please. I've entitled this, Getting the Most Out of Your Bible. Getting the Most Out of Your Bible. Let's open up with a word of prayer and then I'll read the scriptures. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to look into your word. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to understand your word. I pray that we would uh, live out your word. I pray that we would be more than just hearers. Uh, I pray that we would be doers. Lord, I ask that you would use your word in the lives of these, your people. We love you this evening. Thank you for the service to this point. Thank you for the special music. And thank you for the singers. Thank you for the offering. And Father, I pray that the preaching time would bring honor and glory to you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 1, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no, no, they do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways, oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with the uprightness of heart. When I shall have learned thy righteous judgments, I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wonder from thy commandments. Thank you. You may be seated. Psalm 19 is the longest psalm in the word of God. And just about every single verse in Psalm 119, all what is 176 verses of Psalm 119, just about every one of them speak to the benefits of God's word in one's life. And I think that if we're not careful, we will go through our Christian life and we won't get everything that we need to get out of the word of God. It's like this, have you, I, I've got a, um, let me use this illustration of, of not getting all the benefits of something that you have. I have a software program uh, that I use. And it's extremely powerful software program. Uh, and it has multiple, uh, multiple avenues for study and for research and uh, the Greek and the Hebrew and the Aramaic. And then it goes into uh, uh, the, the church fathers. And I mean, I can, I can take a, a one word and I could study it out for weeks on end. And the software program is extremely powerful. And, and the simple fact of the matter is that I probably use about 10% of it. I'm not getting the most out of it. I don't know all that there is to know about the software program. You know, I've, I've taken some courses on it and I've watched videos on it to be able to help get more. But I'm not getting everything out of that that I could. Maybe there's some of you or, or it'd be like me with tools. <laughs> yeah, I can, use, I can use a hammer. And, and by the way, now that we had this house over here. Man, I got myself a toolbox. I did. It rolls. It rolls. I mean, you had to put it together. It rolls. It's not. And, and I got tools in there. And I've used them a couple times. <laughs> but I'm telling you right now, I, I would not get everything out of those tools that somebody like a Craig Wilson would get out of it. Or, or some of you men. You, you could be able to use those tools a whole lot 
more than I could. So don't come ask me for my tools because I'm not going to give them to you. I'm going to keep them. But uh, I like to look at them every once in a while. It makes me feel manly. And, uh, but you see what I'm saying? I'm not getting the most benefit out of them. Part of the reason is because I don't know everything that it can do. Sometimes, if we're not careful in our Christian life, we're not getting everything that we need to get out of the Word of God. Do you realize that the book that you hold in your lap, or whether it's on your iPhone or iPad, is totally unexhaustible? You can continue to dig and dig and dig, and every time that you dig, you'll get more out of it. I'm reading through, every day I read through um, certain books of the Bible. I read through them every day. And I'm reading through them over and over and over and over again. And the reason that I'm doing that is because I'm planning on possibly preaching them. At least I I think that I'm going to preach them. If not, it's still a benefit to me. But as I read them every day, I get up and I'll read these three books of the Bible through every single day. What I find is I get something new. I'm like, well, I didn't see that. I, I... Man, I'm starting to put things together that I never saw before in this passage. And now it's starting to make sense to me. The point is that many times we just go through our Christian life with the precious word of God in our hands. And it's like me with that software or me with that tool. We're not getting all the benefits from it. You say, how can I get the most out of my Bible? And it doesn't matter if you're a pastor or if, if uh, uh, you've studied the Word of God uh, officially, maybe in a Bible college or whatever. You can always get more out of the Word of God. It can always benefit you. But how can I, as a believer, you say, Pastor, I want to get more out of the Word of God. Let me back up and say it this way. Have you ever, have you ever read the Bible and nothing's just jumped off the page at you? It's just you're going through the motions. That happens sometimes. Sometimes there's dry spells. Let me tell you, don't quit reading the Bible. Say, what do you do? Well, one of the things that you can do is you can read. You can say, Lord, I'm going to read until you speak to me. But how can you and I get more out of the word of God? How can we be more effective? How can we be like the Berean Christians that search the scriptures daily to see if these things were true? They weren't searching the scriptures to see if the scriptures were true. They were searching the scriptures to see if what the apostles were preaching was true. So how can I get more out of that? How can I understand God's word? Number one, you might want to write this down. I must appreciate the virtues of the word of God. I must appreciate the virtues of the Word of God. What what do we mean by the virtues of the Word of God? What are the qualities of the Word of God? What are are the the characteristics of the Word of God? First of all, you know what we find? We find that the Bible, I ought to appreciate this, that the Bible is a timeless book. The Bible is a timeless book. We don't have to worry about updating the Bible for the 21st century. We don't have to worry about accommodating our message to society. The Bible is always applicable for any culture, for any people, for any ethnic group, for any country. It doesn't matter. The Word of God, it is timeless. You say, where do you see this? Take a look in Psalm chapter 119 and verse 89. Take a look at verse 89. 
It's timeless. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. The word of God is settled forever. It's settled in heaven. You've heard it said before, but it's very true. One of the reasons why we can never, will never get rid of the word of God is because you cannot get rid of Christ. You can't separate Jesus Christ from the, you can't separate the living word from the written word. And so one of the reasons why it is settled, why it's set firm, why it's unmovable, why it's never going to be destroyed is because the Lord Jesus Christ. Take a look at Psalm 152. <clears throat> Concerning thy testimonies, I have known of old that thou hast founded them. What are those last two words there? For ever. For ever. It's a timeless book. Take a look at Psalm 1, uh, 119 verse 60. Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth. What's that last, what's that last word right there? What's it say? Forever. Forever. You know, we talk about forever when we say, man, this thing is, this thing's guaranteed for life. It's guaranteed forever. This thing's never going to wear it, you know. Well, in this world here, we may use the term forever. But you, you know and I know, according to the word of God, that all that we see here is going to be destroyed. This is not going to last forever. But guess what? The word of God will last forever. We must appreciate this virtue that it is a timeless book. Take a look at 1 Peter chapter 1, if you would, please. 1 Peter chapter 1. Turn over there with me. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 25. The Bible says, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. You know, one of the benefits of the word of God enduring forever is that that means your salvation endures forever. If the word of God ceases to be the word of God, then guess what? Your salvation ceases to be eternal salvation. It's just temporary. So we ought to appreciate when we come to this book and we're looking to get more out of the word of God, we ought to appreciate that it is a timeless book. But uh, you might want to write this down. What's another virtue, pastor, that I can appreciate about the word of God? It's a truthful book. It's a truthful book. Take a look at Psalm 119, verse 142. Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness and thy law is the truth. And thy law is the truth. You know, today we're having a hard time differentiating falsehoods from truth in many different sectors of our country and society. You'll hear people say, well, this is my truth. And my truth might not match up with your truth, but this is my truth. Listen, it's not about my truth or your truth. It's about the truth. And we can trust the Bible explicitly. It's a truthful book. Take a look at, <coughs> excuse me, verse 151. Thou art near, O Lord, and all, not some, not most, all thy commandments are truth. Take a look at uh, verse 160 again. Thy word is true 
from the beginning. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all scripture is given by God. It is God-breathed. It is inspired. And so one of the virtues that we can look at is that it's a timeless book. Man, I hold something in my hand that, you know, when you say it's a timeless book, that, that will help me today. I've got something that can help me and encourage me, direct me the right way today. Secondly, I know that this book's not going to direct me in the wrong way, so I can appreciate that virtue. I know that it's true, and whatever God says, I can believe, and I can walk in that way, no matter how difficult it may be, no matter what others say. I know that I'm walking in truth. But then, you say, what other virtues of the Word of God should I appreciate? We ought to look at this as a treasured book. As a treasured book. Look at Psalm 119, verse 72. Verse 72. The, the law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Look at verse 103. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Verse 127, therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. You know what the psalmist is saying here? He's saying that this book is more valuable than riches. And it says in one part that it's sweeter than honey. This book is more valuable than pleasure. See, I wonder if we look at this book as a treasured book. You know, if we looked at this book as a treasured book, we'd read it more. If we, if we treasured this, listen, if we treasured this better than fine gold, if we, if we looked at this book uh, better than, uh, sweeter than honey, than, than any pleasure that I could ever receive, this book is more treasured to me than any earthly pleasure. I, I believe that we would study it more. I, I believe that we would read it more. I believe that we would memorize it more. See, if you're going to get more out of your Bible, and I'm going to get more out of my Bible, I, I'm going to remember that it's a timeless book, that it's a truth truthful book and that it's a treasured book. I've got to love the word of God. How else can I get more out of my Bible, pastor? I must assimilate or bring into my life the vitality of the word of God. I must assimilate the vitality of the word of God. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. I must assimilate the vitality of the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 4. And verse 12. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of sunder, uh, asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and the marrow, and is discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, I want you to cross-reference that with John chapter 6. The Gospel of John chapter 6. And verse 63. John six sixty-three. It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. See, I must assimilate, I must bring into my life the life-giving Word of God. The Word of God is alive. This is not just dead words on a piece of paper, but this book is alive. 
And it gives life. It gives life to us. The Bible talks that we must bring this into our life. I must assimilate it into my life. It must become a part of me. When you eat something, you put it in your mouth, you chew it up, and, and uh, what happens is, as you chew it up, you, you start to digest it, it goes into your stomach, and then what happens? Once it's digested, it assimilates into your body. It, depending on what it is, it could give you energy, to, uh, or, or, uh, or it could make you, if it's sugar, it could make you sleepy, you get a quick high, you know what I'm talking about, and then, and then a little bit later, you, you crash. But what happens? It assimilates into your body. It affects you. That's what's supposed to happen with the Word of God. We are to assimilate it. We're to bring it into our life. But how do we do that? How can I bring the Word of God into my life? I would say one of the things that we ought to do that very rarely do we do is I believe that we ought to pray over the Word of God. Take a look at verse 12 here. Pray over it. And there's certain things that we can pray for as we're praying over the word of God. Look at verse 12. Blessed art thou. He, he's praying, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. There's a request right there, isn't there? That's prayer. When we make a request, he's requesting to God. There's prayer there. Teach me thy statutes. So what should we be praying over in the word of God? I want to assimilate into my body. I want this life-giving word to give me life so that I can live out the life of Christ. Take a look at verse 18. You pray that your eyes would be opened. Do you realize that you cannot understand the word of God without the work of the Holy Spirit in your life? Oh, you can understand it uh, mentally. There's great Harvard professors that know the Bible inside and out, but they have no idea how to apply it spiritually. Uh, they're as lost as a goose flying backwards in a hailstorm. Okay. They, they, they're not saved at all, but man, they know the Bible. They can, they can tell you all about the Bible. They can tell you all about the history of the Bible. They can tell you all the quote unquote problems with the Bible and all that type of stuff. They've got all this stuff, all these facts and figures memorized, but they don't have the life of this life-giving word in their life. So we got to pray that our eyes are open. Take a look at verse 18, if you would, please. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. You know what it's like this. You, you open up the word of God. You say, Lord, I want you to teach me something. Open up my eyes so that I can be able to understand your word. So that I can live out your word. Lord, I want something from you today. So you've got to show me from your word. That's what the psalmist is saying here. He's saying pray over it. He said, take a look at verse 36. You, you ought to pray that your heart is stirred. You ought to pray that your heart is stirred. Verse 36. Incline my heart unto thy testimonies. And not to covetousness. He's saying, Lord, help my, help my affections to be heightened towards you. Help my heart to be, to be toward the things of you, towards your word. Help me to desire your word. You say, well, we're Christians. Why should we have to pray that? Because we have to fight the flesh. Sometimes, folks, I'd rather watch the eagles than read the Bible. I hope I don't shock you. You know, I'd rather watch a, a YouTube something, another one organization than, than read the Bible. I have a greater desire sometimes to go walk around the parking lot here or do something. I don't know. than read the Bible. Why? We're fighting the flesh. We need to ask the Lord to help my heart to be, to be heightened towards the things of you. Give me desire for your word. Now, listen, <clears throat> you say, well, I prayed it and I just don't got that feeling. 
After you pray it, then you act upon it. You say, well, I don't feel like re read anyway. Well, I just, I, I asked the Lord and nothing's happening to my heart. I'm not getting these, these uh, you know, emotions that, man, I just love the word of God and now I'm going to go do this. No, no, that's not the way it works. Listen, the way it works, I'm getting a little bit of a ring, guys. The way that it works is that you pray, you're obedient, and then later on the feelings come. But even if the feelings never come, you continue to do what's right. Ask that my heart would be stirred. I pray over it. I ask my eyes to be opened. I ask my heart to be stirred. In verse 73, if you would please. Verse 73, I need to ask that my mind is enlightened. Take a look at verse 73. Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. Help my mind to be enlightened. Let me ask you something. Do you think if you prayed this to God that he would answer you? Or he'd probably say, no. Nope. Nope. I'm just going to make you figure it out on your own. I dare say that you'll start getting more out of your Bible if you treat it like a book that's timeless. If you treat it like a book that's uh, truthful. If you treat it like a book that's treasured. I dare say you'll get more out of your Bible if you start praying over it and asking God to open your eyes and asking God to stir your heart and asking God to enlighten your mind. I believe, I just, I just, I'm so foolish and so simple-minded to believe that if we were to pray this as a congregation that we would be able to get more out of the word of God. How do I assimilate the word of God into my life? Not only do I pray over it, I ponder it. I ponder it. Now, this is where you get a little bit practical. This is where you put pen and paper in hand. I ponder it. I think on it over and over and over again. Take a look at verse 15, if you would, of Psalm 119, verse 15. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect Unto thy ways. Study, you know what I'm telling you? Study with intent. Study in order that you're going to expect God to speak to you. I'm going to meditate on the word of God. You know, there's a lot of things that go through our minds throughout the day. And there's a lot of things that we think on. You know what we usually think on? We usually think on our problems and difficulties. And we're always trying to figure out how we're going to solve that problem. We got this situation, we got that situation. But the Bible tells us to meditate upon the word of God. Take a look at verses 147 and 148. 147 and 148. I prevented the dawning of the morning and I cried, I hoped in thy word. Mine eyes prevented the night watches that I might meditate in thy word. You need to ponder it with pen and paper in hand. When you're reading the Word of God, you ought to ask questions. You might want to write some of these down. Number one, you might want to ask, what does this teach me about my God? What does this teach me about my God? You might want to ask yourself, is there a promise to claim? Is there something here that God's saying, here's, I'm giving you a promise and I can claim that promise. 
Is there a lesson to learn? You may want to ask that question. Is there a lesson that God's trying to teach me through his word? Is there a blessing to have? Is there a command to obey? Is there a sin to avoid? Is there a biblical principle for me to follow? See, there's multiple questions. That's only six, seven questions that you could ask. But you could ask questions like that to be able to help you get more out of your Bible. How can I get the most out of my Bible? Well, we mentioned that I must assimilate the vitality of the Word of God by praying over it, by pondering it. Uh, we, can, we ought to preserve it or memorize it. We ought to memorize. How do I assimilate the Word of God into my life? I memorize it. Take a look at verse 11, Psalm 119, verse 11. Most of you know this, don't you? Thy word have I hid in my heart. What? That I might not sin against thee. Now listen, did you hear what it said? Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word have I hid in my heart. It does not say, thy word I carry with me so I can open it up when there's a sin that is confronting me and I can find a verse to claim it. It doesn't say that. By the way, in Ephesians, the Bible says that it's the sword of the spirit. That means the word of God is the spirit's sword. It's the sword of the spirit. Yes, we are to use it. But listen, when you are in a difficult situation, and by the way, most Christians where sin takes place, it starts, is in the mind. Amen. It's really the battle for the mind. And if we don't have the word of God memorized, guess what? Satan's going to get the victory in our life. You say, Pastor, I just can't memorize. Yes, you can. I didn't say you had to memorize 100 verses a year. But everybody can memorize. Everybody. You say, well, I don't memorize things very well. Oh, I'm sorry. Welcome to the club. But every day I work on memorizing scripture. I don't do that because I'm the pastor. I do that because I'm a Christian. I want to hide God's word in my heart. Why? Because I don't want to sin against him. And the spirit in my life cannot use what I don't have memorized. All of us can memorize. How do you know how to get home tonight? I know the Shade's phone number. It's the only people in the whole church that I know their phone number. Because it's one digit off my home phone number when I was a kid. But I memorized it. But you know how to get home. Because why? You memorized it. And don't be a smart like and say, I got GPS. You know, I can get home because I got GPS. You know how to get home because you memorized it. When they ask you for your social security number, some of you in here sold, you say one, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> but you've got it memorized, don't you? You've got your social security number memorized. There are certain things that we've met, so we can, we have assimilated into our life. So what? So that we can get along in life, right? Well, guess what? If you want to get along spiritually in life and you want to get the most out of the, the Bible, you need to memorize the word of God. Even, now think about this. Even if you memorize one verse a month, 
by the end of one year, you'd have 12 more verses in your arsenal than you do right now. You'd have 12 more. You'd be, instead of having your one Barney Fife silver bullet verse, you know, to be able to pull that out, you'd have 12. Take a look at verse 16. <clears throat> I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. We ought to practice it. We ought to obey the word of God. How else can I assimilate into my life? I can, I can pray over it. I'm, and I can ponder it. I can preserve it or memorize it. But I can obey the word of God. I can practice it. And we see that when I read this, the, just a few moments ago, verses 1 through 5. It's about being obedient unto the word of God. <clears throat> You will never get any more out of the scriptures than what you're willing to be obedient to. If you're not willing to be obedient to the scriptures, God will not give you more. We've got to be obedient to what God has revealed to us. So maybe you're reading the scriptures and man, that verse jumps off the page. You know, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. And you know that you're having a hard time forgiving somebody. Or you know you're having a hard time having a tender heart towards somebody. Or you know you're having a hard time being kind to somebody. You know what you ought to do? You need to be kind to somebody? You ought to find out maybe something that they like. Or maybe they like a little snack. Or maybe a, a candy bar or something. And when you see them in church, say, hey, I, just, I was thinking of you this week and I wanted to give this to you. What are you doing? You're practicing the word of God. And you know that, that God spoke to you in that. You ought to be kind to that person. You ought, you ought to be forgiving towards that person or something uh, along those lines. You're willing to be obedient unto the word of God. You'll get more out of the word of God. And then we need to give it away. We ought to share it. Take a look at verse 13, if you would, please, so we could proclaim it. How can I assimilate the word of God into my life? I pray over it. I ponder it. I preserve it. I practice it. I proclaim it. Verse 13. With my lips have I declared all thy judgments of thy mouth. Take a look at verse 27. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts. So, I, so shall I talk of, of thy wondrous works. Take a look at verse 46. I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings and will not be ashamed. Take a look at verse 172. My tongue shall speak of thy words, for all thy commandments are righteousness. <clears throat> you know, I could be able to go off on a tangent and say, well, we ought to be sharing the gospel with a lost and dying world. And we ought to. And we ought to. But I believe that not only should we do that, but I believe that we ought to be talking about the word of God amongst the body here. We ought to be sharing what God's doing in our life through the word with one another here. We talk about a lot of things, don't we? And those things aren't wrong to talk about. But what I find is it's more awkward for even Christians to be able to talk about what they're learning in the word of God. And I think sometimes, I'm not trying to be mean, nasty, or come down hard on you. I think sometimes it's because we're not getting anything out of the word of God. We're really not studying it. So we don't have anything to talk about. You know, I'm not trying to be mean or ugly or, or, or be hard on you this evening. I just want you to think. But as we're studying the Word of God, we ought to be talking about it one to another. Hey, this is what God taught me this past week. 
man, God's really been showing me some things in my life that I need to change here. Hey, could you please pray for me about this? Oh, let me tell you how wonderful God has been this past week. And he opened up his word and these blessings came our way. See, we ought to be proclaiming it one to another. So if I'm going to get more out of the word of God this evening, I must appreciate the virtues of the word of God. I must assimilate the vitality of the word of God. And then lastly, I must appropriate the values of the word of God. I must appropriate the values of the word of God. What are some of the values of the word of God? It's a source of victory. It's a source of victory. Take a look at verse 45. And I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. I must appropriate the values of the word of God. I must believe that the word of God will ultimately bring me victory. And it will. And it will. See, I've got to appropriate that in my life. I have to believe that whether I feel like it or not. I have to hold on to that whether, whether it seems like it's happening or not. You ever been in a situation and, and you're holding on to the word of God, but you feel like you're more defeated than you were even three days ago? What do you do? You've got two options. Either you can give up or you can hold on to the word of God. See, just because you're going through the storms of life doesn't mean that Jesus isn't on the boat with you. And remember, sometimes Jesus sends you out into the lake and then he creates the storm for you so that you can trust him more. So you just claim victory. What I find interesting is about, and I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I just love this about the uh, Joshua and the, the city of Jericho. The children of Israel shouted before they conquered the city. They claimed the victory before. They believed God. They shouted. God said, you shout. After you go seven times around that last day, on the seventh day, you shout. The walls are going to come down, and I'm going to give you victory. They believed God for the victory. Must I, what, what's another value? It's a source of, source of growth. Take a look at verse 32, if you would. It's a source of growth. I will run the ways of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. It's a source of growth. Some of the values of the word of God. And let me give you the last value here. There's other values. You could write down. There's the value of power. The word of God is full of power. Uh, the word of God is, is a source of guidance. But it's a source, write this down, it's a source of joy. Verse 54. Thy statutes have been my song in the house of my pilgrimage. It's a source of joy. Then verse 111, if you would please. Verse 111. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. Pastor, I want to get more out of my Bible I'd like to get more out of the Word of God. I've got to appreciate the virtues of the Word of God. I have to assimilate the vitality of the Word of God. And then I must appropriate the values of the Word of God. See, it's very simple. All of us can get more out of the Word of God if we desire to. We can know the God of the Word in a greater way 
We just follow three simple steps. This evening, I don't think that there's a single person in here. Matter of fact, I know that there's not a single person in here, including myself, that would be able to say, I don't need to get any more out of the Word of God. I've got all that I can get. Well, then if that's the case, maybe you and I better switch positions. <laughs> Number one. Number two, if you've exhausted this book, then maybe this book isn't as timeless and as truthful as we thought. See, none of us can say we've gotten everything that we need out of this book. For as long as we live, listen, for as long as we live, and for all of eternity, we'll always need the Word. Whether written or living, we'll always need the Word.